It's time for episode 14 of the Clockwise Podcast from the editors of Tech Hive, PC World, and Macworld, recorded October 24, 2013. Clockwise, four guests, four topics, a whole lot of Apple products, 30 minutes. Welcome to Clockwise, a podcast with two hands and a face, but no arms or legs. I'm your co-host, Jason Snell, and to my left in our studios here in San Francisco is Tech High Senior Editor, Susie Oaks. Hi, Susie. Hey, party people. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to have you back on the show. And sitting across from me, except he's not actually here, but across the internet from me is my co-host, Macworld Senior Editor, Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Aren't we all across from somebody? Jason, that, that introductory line got a little dark for me. What do you call a clock with no hand, two hands and a face but no arms or legs? It a seems like clock. a terrib- <laughs> terrible joke. Um, and sitting to my virtual left is Macworld Senior Editor Roman Loyola. Hi, Roman. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Or well, welcome. Actually, I've been never on? been here. He's I've never, never been. been on Clockwise. Well, then go away so I can welcome <laughs> you back when you show up again. Back, Jeez. Yeah. And he's back. Uh, everyone's such a stickler. <laughs> welcome back to the medium of podcasting, Roman. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just assume you've all been here. I don't know. Uh, so, Jason, what is this podcast that we're doing? So here's how Clockwise works. Every one of us all four of us, has brought in a technology topic that we think is worth discussing today. And your time is really valuable, so we won't spend more than five minutes on any of those topics. Yeah, it's way more valuable than Dan's time, for example. Anyway, yeah. here is how it, it works. I am uh, I am the guy who said the thing about the clock having hands and a face, but no arms and legs, so I will go first, and then it'll proceed clockwise. So my topic is pretty simple. Apple, this week, obviously, had another press event. They announced a whole raft of things, including, probably most notably, new iPads, and the question that I had coming out of that was simple, which is iPad mini or iPad Air. I'm currently using an iPad mini, and I really like it because it's so much lighter. It's easier to hold for a long period of time in one hand instead of having the iPad where you sort of have to kind of cradle it on your on your chest or on your lap or put it on a tabletop because it's just kind of heavy. But with the new iPad mini and iPad Air, um, all of the compromises of each other's product seem to have been canceled out. Now, the reason to get a, a big iPad instead of a little iPad because the little iPad didn't have Retina, well, the new iPad mini will have Retina. And the big iPad is now a lot lighter. It's about a pound, so it's a lot lighter than it used to be and very much in an iPad mini kind of shape. So I'm curious if you guys have thought about this. Is, is there a preference here? Or is there one of these that you find more interesting than the other one? Because I'm kind of stumped. Susie, what do you think? Well, I am definitely in the market for a new iPad because I have the 16 gig first gen that runs iOS 5 and oh, yeah. really needs to be replaced. So before the event, I was all gung-ho mini. I was going to get one whether it went retina or not, and I was just waiting to hear. But I haven't held the iPad Air yet, and it sounds like that's going to make my decision a lot trickier. I'm still going to say mini for now, and I'll have to go to the Apple Store and, and test them out. But um, I just like how the mini fits everywhere. I was using one for a while that didn't belong to me, and I kind of really fell for it. So... Um, I'm going to say mini. It didn't belong to you. It didn't but you used it anyway. Me. Yes. I kidnapped it and returned it. Dan, what do you think? Well, I, you know what? I hate making decisions. So neither. Um, I'm going. That ne- in itself is seven. a decision, no. mister. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I had a full size iPad for a long time. And when I got the mini, I started using that exclusively. And I would go back to the big iPad and be like, oh my God, this screen's enormous. This thing's really heavy. Um, but. 
like you said, the, the fact that they reduced the weight and the fact that the, uh, you know, it's a lot more compact than the old one is kind of compelling. So I, I don't know. I feel like I got to go back to the store and kind of weigh the pros and cons because I really like my mini and my only complaint has been the retina display and that it's a little bit pokey, but they've, they fixed both of those things with the new iPad mini. So yeah, I don't know. Other than the fact that you also, you can also, don't forget, you can save a hundred bucks by buying a retina mini, right? Um, so, you know, there's, there's that if you're, if you're, uh, feeling the burn on your wallet, you can save a little bit of money by going for the smaller iPad, but it really comes down to which size screen you want and what you think you're going to be doing with your iPad. So, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about this, the, the keyboard's a little bigger on that, that full size iPad. So it's, it's good if you write more stuff. Um, but it's certainly handy to be able to throw that iPad mini in like, I think I can like almost fit it in my back pocket. So that's like amazing. Yeah. If you have really so, large pants, I, hey. some, yeah. <laughs> Just, keep, just buy uh, bigger pants until it fits, Dan. Yeah, exactly. That's right. All right, and Roman. Susie and Dan have failed to actually answer this question. What do you, what do you think? <laughs> I actually I have an answer. Oh, I have yes. two reasons for my answer. I knew I, we should have invited you sooner. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go for the iPad Air, and there are two reasons. I've always favored bigger screens. So I used to use a MacBook Pro, a 17-inch MacBook Pro. I've always been into the bigger screens. Nothing against the, the small iPad, the iPad mini screen, but... Uh, I just like the bigger screen. The second reason why is that if I get an iPad mini, we fight over our current iPad at our house already between me and my kids who gets to use it and stuff. If I get the iPad mini, they will know that it's a new iPad and they will want to use it. But if I get the iPad Air, it won't be so obvious to my kids that it's a new iPad. So they won't care so much about using it. So that's why I'm going for the iPad. Classic misdirection. It's misdirection for my kids. So that's why I'm going for the iPad. Wow. Sneaky. That is, that is good. So I, I will say, uh, at this point, I would give the answer iPad Air. Even though I love the iPad Mini, and I fully expected that uh, Retina iPad Mini, I would be on the train. But I, 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 I read comics on the iPad, and that iPad, full-size iPad screen has always been better for comics, just not because it's Retina, but because it's bigger. And so fitting a comics page on an iPad mini screen, the text is really small. You can't see the art very well. And, you know, the Air is so much lighter than the full-size iPad is now that I think I'm going to go back to that uh, just because if I have to compromise on anything, the size is not as big a deal to me as the weight so, but we'll see. I, I really am not sure. I may change my mind ten times before they both come out. So Who I'm knew looking... comics would be the killer app? Yeah, Maybe well, you need a dedicated comic reader, Jason. Maybe you could print out those comics into small paper pamphlets, staple no, them together. No, I don't want to do that. No paper. No. Paper. All right. So that was that was good. Uh, so, Susie, what is your uh, what's your angle on this uh, momentous week? Well, so the iPad Air that came out is the fifth, you know, full-size iPad, but they're still keeping that second one around. The iPad 2 is still there for 3.99 and People were telling me, I tweeted this that the t- iPad 2 was still around and they're like, "You mistyped iPad 4." I got several people who were like, "That's yeah. a typo." I was like, "No, it's not a typo. It's yeah. iPad from 2011, from from spring 2011. It's still around. There never was an iPad and 4." They say they still sell them, so um, I was wondering if that's kind of the education iMac of the iOS version. They're just going to keep it around as the low-cost one for people buying a lot of them for schools. If you guys think um, that schools are better served by buying tablets than by buying computers, or if it doesn't matter, just any technology we can get into schools. What do you guys think about that? 
I uh I don't know maybe they should call it the E pad yeah like the old E Mac <laughs> or the E Mate or all those all those E World um no I I think it's a great device for schools it's certainly you know more affordable it does a lot I mean it's going to be a little bit sluggish for some stuff but you know when it comes to you know reading textbooks or surfing the web you know I think that that offers a lot of functionality for a reasonable price um. And, you know, everything's kind of designed for it, too. So it's it's pretty good. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a better investment in many ways than computers, because I think by the time those kids grow up, computers may not be so much of a thing. Um, and everybody these days, it seems like, knows how to use a touchscreen, knows how to use an iPad, knows what an iPad is. Um, and there's more and more stuff being designed in the education realms and elsewhere for touchscreen interfaces. So uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I think, you know, you made a good point about being it, it being well targeted for education. Uh, and I think that that uh, that appeals to Apple, too, because, you know, I don't think you're going to see a lot of schools going out and replacing their computers with, you know, top end iPad Airs or, or even iPad minis, really. Um, but the iPad 2 may may hit that sweet spot for them. Roman, what do you think? Uh, again, going back to size, the thing I like about the iPad too is the bigger size than, like, say, an iPad Mini. At my kids' school, you they, want like a 15-inch iPad. I don't want you? the I want my iMac as an iPad. Not right. really. the MacPad. <laughs> the MacPad. Uh, at my kids' school, they created what's called a iPad cart. So they had something like 20 iPads, and they had one of those big chassis recharging stations that they put all the iPads in. And the one thing that they brought up is that they were really concerned about security and actually security meaning that people walking away with the iPads and actually having the bigger iPad makes it easier to track. Mm. It's, the, the iPad mini is easier for kids to slip in their pockets and walk away with them, you know, and purpose on purpose or accidentally, you know. So the iPad too, I, in terms of like this physical size is ideal. There's also the... Um, if if one thing that teachers have I've talked to have concerns about is that sometimes they use websites that are hard to use on the iPad, mm. so they like using a laptop. And there still is the eleven ninety nine MacBook Pro without Retina display available. That could be an education machine. It's a little on the pricey side. Uh, it's thirteen inches, so it's not that big in terms of a laptop. But that could also be a viable education machine if if teachers are looking for a laptop to use. Yeah, I mean sometimes I think that the that one of these 299 Chromebooks is like the, for for certain maybe That's maybe true. for a little bit older Chromebook. for middle school and high school is actually a pretty good computer for schools because there's no, you know, it's it's pretty locked down. It's just going to run the Chrome yeah. stuff and it's yeah. and for for uh, looking up things on the web and for writing stuff and making presentations, you can do all of that on those devices and they're really cheap and they don't have the overhead of having windows on them. It they're just they're just out there. Um I I'm kind of a tablet believer. I feel like uh, that was it, a great it, monkeys song. By first, the way, I'm a tablet believer. It's coming out. Um, I modified it slightly. Did you catch it that I changed yeah. the, one of the words? Anyway, to, to tablet. <laughs> I added actually just inserted the word tablet. You can use it with your favorite word, Dan. You can be a believer of something else. So anyway. I like tablets. I think that the issue is uh, with tablets in schools is all practical. Somebody um, that, that I talk to a lot is a guy named Fraser Spears who has a one-to-one tablet uh, rollout at a school in uh, Scotland. He's a, a teacher plus he's a, an app developer. Um, and he he 
I think he's convinced me that if you have the budget to get a tablet in the hands of every kid, that you're going to be able to change the educational experience. Because first off, you know, I think kids take to tablets more than they take to laptops. And giving them laptops or computers, it almost feels old now. I mean, yeah. and I, not in a novelty way, but in a sort of like if we're tra- training them, what are we training them to do? Are we training them to type into Word in an office or are we trying to use this technology to help education? And with the, all the apps that are available on tablets, I feel like they're great educational tools. But what Fraser found was that you really need to make it not about the tech. You need to make it about the teaching. And so the teachers in his school, which admittedly is unlike most schools in that they do have this one-to-one ratio, um, it stopped being about the technology. They just assumed the tech was there and then they used it in their lesson plans. And it, and it was just an assumption that, oh, if if this works well on the iPad, we'll use the iPad for it. They're definitely, I think, happy that the iPad 2 is still kicking around, if only because it is that cheap, big iPad that, that, um, that, that schools are going to like. But, you know, I, I think in the long run, schools should be getting low-cost tablets, and if that isn't an if that isn't an iPad or an iPad Mini, if that's a a low-cost Android tablet, then so be it. But I, I feel like um, ideally, you want to you want to have every kid have the tech, have it with them all the time, including at home. Have them, you know, sign a, an agreement to say I'm going to take care of this technology, and then this, and then you no longer have computer class. You no longer have that moment where the cart rolls in. It's just there, right. and and then we go back to education, and not sort of like this kind of bogus logistics. Uh, let's let's yeah. use an app now, kind of thing, and it just now it's just about teaching and learning again. So. I don't know. I think that's a. I think that's a dream world because we're just the schools don't have the resources for that. But I think that's where we probably should end up eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think the software on tablets is just you know unlocks a lot more. Uh, like, kids understand it yeah, more. Yeah, you too. can do you know drawing. Little kids, yeah, you especially. can draw on a computer, but it's a lot harder than just taking your finger, putting it right it, it's on. It's another tablet. abstraction. Layer yeah. There yeah. Too. yeah, yeah. You have to teach nice a kid how to use those. a mouse and a clicker on the top of a mouse and things like that. God, I wish I'd never like, learned how to use a mouse. <laughs> yeah, me too, Dan. <laughs> me too. All right, uh, Dan, it's your turn. Well, speaking of software, um, as Susie pointed out, when it comes to the tablet market, as well as the Mac market, um, Apple, one of the announcements they made this week, which I thought was one of the more in- interesting ones, was that they revamped both their iLife and iWork suites. And the uh, iWork suites are now free to anybody who buys a new Mac or iOS device. And if you already owned it, they're also free. So they're really free for most of us now. <laughs> Um, and so I'm very interested between that and the fact that OS X Mavericks is a free update. Have we reached a tipping point in the software world where the price of software is increasingly moving towards free? And if so, what does that really mean for people? You know, Apple can afford to do that because it sells computers and iPads and all that good stuff. But, you know, Joe developer can't do that necessarily because they have nothing else to sell with their software. Um, so what do you guys think is, is free a good move or is this kind of, you know, making things harder for everybody else? Roman, what do you think? Well, we've been kind of walking towards this free realm for a while now with, with, uh, web apps and then the app store with its lower prices. So, I mean, can't say it was really predictable, but we've been walking there. We've been heading towards that for a while I mean, how many developers, when they heard the, the price of free, kind of went, no, because it kind of 
devalues their software in a way and the, and the mm-hmm. hard work that they put into it. So, you know, I definitely think it's a trend. I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of cringing at that trend because I think there is value in software that you have to pay money for. You know, the developers do hard work and they, they implement a lot, a lot of features that are sometimes aren't found in free apps. And there's value in that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It's, I'm worried. It makes sense for Apple. I'm worried right. if it makes sense for anyone else. I mean, it makes sense. Right. Actually, uh, Frank Shaw, the, the Microsoft PR guy, came out with a, you know, again, I, I, as frustrated as I get, retort? As, as frustrated as I get when, when Apple PR doesn't want to appear and ever be quoted and, and never has any presence on social media and all that, then I see Frank Shaw on Twitter and posting on a blog, and I think maybe it's better <laughs> if your PR people don't say anything. It's yeah. like, oh, this just yeah. in. A PR person likes what his company does and doesn't like what other companies do. Right. Yeah, okay, that's it's just propaganda. A blog post from a PR person is just propaganda. So be it. It's what it's he's in that business, but he he did rightly point out that Office is free on Surface, and and so Microsoft is playing this game too with Office. Office is free on Microsoft's hardware. They just they put it on there. So, um, you know, this is the game. If you've got these platforms, if you're making the hardware and the software, the hardware is where the money is. Let the let the software be free because it, it just adds incremental value to your hardware. I think Roman's exactly right. We, we're reaching the point now. There's a whole big talk in the sort of Mac writer sphere about how the new business model for apps seems to be just free within app purchase and that everything is going to be a teaser. Everything's going to have basic functionality for free to get you interested enough to then give them money. It's, it's like freemium anywhere else, too. It's, it's look, we're going to give you something for free. Try it out. And if you like me, give me money. Um, and if you don't, fine, whatever, go away. Um, it works great in uh, in word processors. Um, until you upgrade, you can't type spaces. <laughs> yeah, you can no. use every other letter, just not spaces. <laughs> no documents larger than a page. Um, it, it's uh, yeah. I don't know if every piece of software actually is even conducive to this kind of approach. But I know like Marco Arment is talking about his podcast app that he's doing, and as far as I can tell, his plan is to make it free and then have a bunch of stuff, whether it's a single in app purchase or multiple in app purchases. Uh, inside the app. I kind of like the idea of just kind of having an unlock, and that's what Apple's doing with GarageBand, where you can buy some extra sounds and, and drummers for $5. That's the co- going rate, by the way. I think it's like four <laughs> drummers for $5. Um, but it's a single purchase, and it unlocks everything, and I kind of like that. But yeah, I feel like you know it, it's not as great a deal for software developers, but it doesn't matter. This is just the economics of the mobile app world. Is It's free and then make your money on the in-app purchase or make or on services or somewhere else cuz people are you're going to be competing with a free product regardless of whether you want to be free so you might as well be free. Susie, what do you think? Yeah, um you guys made some great points. Um, <laughs> you can <laughs> try to find one to that isn't, hasn't been made yet. Um, I think that you know how you can get you can get a free like prepaid cell phone, but you sort of have an understanding that it's going to be kind of a crappy cell phone, and that you might have a better experience if you paid some money. So maybe software can be like that, where there'll always be plenty of you know free options out there or things that have free trials. But then if you want something higher tier, if you just you know want to kind of raise your game and get something with more polish or that just looks, you know, feels a little more professional, has better features. Um, There'll always be kind of those premium apps and they do really well. I mean, like OmniFocus is a $40 iPad app and it's amazing. So um, 
So hopefully, you know, if even if Apple, Apple, it's like, you know, they're giving you free mustard with your hamburger. But if you want the fancy mustard, you're going to have to go to Safeway and spend $6 on the nice stone ground fancy schmancy mustard. So I, I, I don't know. I think they can both coexist, but it's definitely going to be harder for for um, people that compete with directly with those free apps to get, you know, eyeballs on their, their app if they're charging a lot of money for it up front. I, I'm going to be thinking about mustard now. I know. <laughs> That's a good metaphor. <laughs> I like myself that. hungry. I am. Um, I'm interested in this because I think it will also be interesting if Apple starts to pull back from certain areas. So, for example, in the new GarageBand update, I think they removed a lot of the podcast-specific tools <laughs> yes. that they had. All of um, them. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Speaking to you from a podcast that may never yes. be edited. Um, no, well, we're using the old version provides, of GarageBand, yeah. Dan. It's fine. That, <laughs> that provides a really interesting opportunity because Apple hadn't done much to upgrade those podcasting capabilities in years. So if by pulling back from there, it is a kind of a bummer for those people who use GarageBand, you know, to edit things and don't want to stay with the uh, the old version. But it does mean that down the road, developers don't have to I, compete with a free podcast editing application from the biggest software maker yeah. in their market. That's right? on so every device. That's there's yeah. there's opportunities as well as challenges. But I think it, I, I think Susie's right. I think the coexistence is possible, but it's it's a matter of educating consumers to a certain extent. Right. Apple's never going to target everybody. Apple's targeting the, you know, people who are casual users who want to do basic things. And the people who get angry at Apple are always people who are taking these tools and adapting them in powerful, clever ways to do way more than maybe they were intended. And that's great. But then when Apple does a rethink and makes it simple again, <laughs> they're all out of luck. And I understand why they're angry. I understand why they're angry. But, you know, that's, that's, that's sort of so, a story so we've seen before. As my dad would say, that's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> wow, your dad he's is the cookie. He's fo- your he's dad is the cookie guy. monster. Yes, it's wow. very odd. It's a tough childhood. Um, so, Roman, would Roman, you like to uh, wrap you got, up our? You got sure, a brain teaser for us so, here, right. Roman? A so, riddle? Yes. So, Apple came out with a ton of products on tu- last Tuesday, and they're uh, very light. They used to weigh a ton and a half. They used to weigh a ton. And, uh, well, yeah, they used to weigh a ton and a half, but they were only a ton. But there was one person at that event who was very upset, and that was analyst Gene Munster, because <laughs> they did not come out no, no with TV set. the TV set. So was there a pro- is there a product that you wish Apple would have announced or released during the uh, Apple event, recent Apple event, Jason? Well, I, I wish Apple would have released the Mac Pro. It teased us again and said December, which doesn't tell us. It's actually not new information other than that it's not going to be shipping between now and December because they said by the end of the year and December is just a seemingly more precise way of saying the exact same thing, which is by the end of the year because it's the last month. If you didn't know, it's the last month. So I I would have liked to have gotten some more information and maybe have that ship sooner, but it's obviously they're still working on it. I, I don't know. Um, all those rumors are out there. I, 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 obviously, I'd love to see the watch or, or, or something like that. I actually wish, to be fair, I want to turn it. I want to turn this around. It's a little pundit showdowny here to yeah. say, say, let me turn this around on you and say, I wish they hadn't shipped Mavericks. Mm. I wish, I wish Mavericks. I think like Netflix dropping thirteen episodes of a TV show in one day, so nobody can talk about them around the water cooler because nobody knows how many any, everybody's seen. Dropping Mavericks right after a keynote is like it's like sweeping it under the rug a little bit. Everybody's talking about new iPads, and then Mavericks is there. And why not give everybody a couple days warning? Speaking as an insider in the media, we could have used a couple days warning to get our Mavericks coverage all right. all buttoned down and have it be ready when people weren't just buzzing around all the hardware. And 
announcements, but mm. that didn't happen. I think they I think they made a mistake there in in they could have made more hay with Mavericks if they had pushed Mavericks it out of is there uh, standing in the corner of the cocktail party, not talking. To Why is nobody <laughs> talking about? History. I'm right here. Everyone wants to talk to iPad. <laughs> Yeah, everybody wants to talk to iPad. So, so there, there you go. I, 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 I wish the Mac Pro had had shipped, and I wish Mavericks had been delayed a few days at least. So, yeah. I think it would have been a better a better show if they had. Susie, what do you think? Um, I really wanted to see some TV stuff, or at least hear about some. TV so you're with stuff. Gene Munster. I am. I am. Mustard I and Munster. Your, I got your back, Gene. Um, yeah, well, because they just haven't. They've put a lot of new channels in there recently, but. That's not gonna. That's not gonna really move the needle. Like they need to do something kind of crazy where it's a new box that does yeah. extra things, or I don't know about the actual TV, but some some kind of like content deals or something really big that's gonna blow everybody away. I don't think it was the time for it yesterday, but I wanted it anyway. Uh, new iPod classics. <laughs> <laughs> Or mm, failing colors. that, new iPod socks. <laughs> or failing that, anything about the iPod. Wow, that was weird, huh? Uh, actually, I don't know that so much that I, I, I really wanted them to talk about it, but I thought it was really interesting they didn't talk about the iPod at all. <laughs> um, I guess I guess we're getting pretty clear uh, uh, the writings on the on the wall for the poor old digital music player. But I'm with Susie. I, I think the TV stuff, I, I keep waiting for them to do something awesome in TV, right? You know, to the extent yeah. that they've done something awesome in the phone and tablet space. Um, I really want them like it's 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 not an you know people it's not a field that needs to be you know necessarily like it doesn't need to be the the, the trail doesn't need to be blazed right you know the, the, we've had TV stuff for years and all these like TiVos and all these you know additional set top boxes but it desperately needs to be reinvented which is what Apple does best. I was hoping for a uh, a 4K display. Mostly, oh yes, yeah, yes, yeah, call, from Apple. Call. Yeah, mostly because I had pre-written the 4K announcement. <laughs> <laughs> I had written just, like just about, run it, yeah. just, just run it. <laughs> it's just so pretty. It. We'll post that on our yeah. blog of news that didn't happen. <laughs> but uh, and you know, Apple keeps pushing this whole the Mac Pro can drive three 4K displays. But you <laughs> know, you the Mac Pro is coming out in December, so there's still, there's still a, a chance. chance that they could come uh, out with a uh. 4K display, and I could use my article in December. I mean, the, the Thunderbolt display exists, right? I mean, it's one of those areas. Apple used to make printers. Apple used to right. make cameras. They don't do that anymore. They still make the displays, but with like Thunderbolt and Apple being so in on Thunderbolt that, and they, and they have the Thunderbolt display. It sort of feels like it's just an opportunity for them. Apple doesn't usually bypass those opportunities to sell a several thousand dollar expensive product with huge margins because they know somebody's going to want to buy it. And I'm sure people would much rather buy that display from Apple than from Sharp. Which yeah. is they were showing. Right. I think it was a sharp 32 inch 4K display. Two of them hooked up to a Mac Pro. So yeah, I'm the with only you. Two in existence. That was disappointing too. Well, Dan, do you have our fifth bonus secret off-topic topic? I do. Uh, it's it's fall. It's towards the end of October here, and of course that means it's time for the fall classic. So very important question here, and there is a right answer and a wrong answer. Who are you rooting for in the World Series? Roman, Red Sox and six. Ooh, All right. Are we doing predictions? Wow. Predictions. All right. That's good. Okay. I'll, I'll take predictions. Jason? Uh, Red Sox in – I really want the Cardinals in just for symmetry because it would be the Cardinals and the Giants and the Cardinals and the Giants and the Cardinals. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, Red Red Sox in five. Susie? 
I am totally a National League girl, but ooh. I don't like the Cardinals. Don't like the so Cardinals. Much. <laughs> I grew up a Cubs fan. Oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. and the Cardinals, the Cardinals just seem—they're just so joyless. Like they yeah. just don't mm. even seem like they're having fun out there. Those so, are some wooden but birds. I have a lot of friends who are diehard Red Sox fans, and they're so obnoxious about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I get kind of happy when the Red Sox lose, just because I'm a jerk. But I'm still going to think—I think that they win, and I'm going to predict Red Sox in seven. Right, it's just to add ooh. the torment. Yes, because yeah, they really like to make. Everyone. And if a freak rainstorm comes and postpones the World Series and washes it out, you wouldn't be sad. Yeah, Marco Scudero can run out on the field yeah. and put his arms out. See, there you go. Giants reference. <laughs> Dan, uh, well, I, in Boston, I, what do you say? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be marked for death here, so I'm going to go with the obvious answer. So I'm going to say the Red Sox, but I'm going to say repeat of the 2004 World Series, Red Sox sweep in four. All right. So those of you who are listening to this after the day we recorded... <laughs> laugh at Dan if yeah. he's wrong. Well, if, if last win. night's game was any indication. Yeah, that was good. We are recording this after one game is in the books and the Red Sox are yep. I'm glad nobody predicted a, a Cardinal sweep because <laughs> um, I got some wow, news a... for you from the past. All right. Well, I think that uh, that about wraps it up because we've been carefully watching the clock, which has a face and two hands, but no arms or legs. And that's literally all the time we have. Susie Oaks, thank you so much for being back on thank Clockwise. You. And uh, Roman Loyola, thank you for being back for the first time on (laughs) Clockwise. Thanks for having me. So until next time from all of us here at Clockwise, we remind you to watch what you say. And we remind you to keep watching the clock. See you next time. Bye. Bye.